1: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
0: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
1: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
0: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
2: How you guys doing?
3: I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm tired. I I have... Russ is not happy. Russ is not happy with me because we're doing no. this at nine thirty. <laughs> it's it's less
2: about you. It's more about like just this day because I had to go. I've been obviously car shopping as we've been talking about.
3: I didn't know that. I didn't know you were actively car shopping. You have been yeah, kind of hinting acti- at it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been. Act- You've been so out like, and about. All right. I had
2: to, and because of my schedule, like I gotta, I gotta be at the dealership like when it first opens. You know. So one of the cars I'm looking at is in Wheeling. And so that's, what well, it was about an hour drive, 45 minutes to an hour uh, to get there. And so got there, looked at the car, you know, went through the whole thing and then came back. But because of that, I had to get up like super early. Uh, and it, it just had, if had you had, we done this on any other Wednesday, it would have been fine. But it just happened to be this Wednesday, but don't worry about it. It's all good.
3: I would love to do this earlier. I'm not sure when you want to do this, though, because you don't want to do it during the day and you don't oh, well, want to do it's, it. You
2: can't do it during the day. At, yeah, you it's can't do it during watch. the
3: day. You don't want to do it if it's like after 8 o'clock. <laughs> you're you're not leaving me much of a window, man. Well, you couldn't
2: do 6.30. Like, it's fine. And, you know, they had the late practice, so it's, it's whatever.
3: I'm not the, upset. The Bears are practicing at night in Indianapolis. They're practicing at I, – I don't consider it at night, but it's like <laughs> 6 o'clock local time evening. That's yeah, a night I practice. Yeah. So Why do they have a night practice. I don't that know. But I, I don't know, but I love it. Like I wish all the practices were like this instead of early in the morning. And I know, like we've been over this a million times. Like I know that most adults are up by six AM every day, but I'm just not. And really? I've, yeah, mom, it's not just me. I've never had a job where I've had to be there before ten thirty and I like that. So <laughs> training camp Their practices aren't even that early in training camp under Iberflus. They were much earlier under Negi, but they're like 10 a.m. or something like that. But I got to get up pretty early because it's like it's like a 45 minute drive. So the practices being in the evening here has been nice. I like that.
2: Yeah, for you, it's you probably have to get up at 8 a.m., shower, get dressed. Doesn't take you that long. You leave the house by 830, 845, grab some coffee and then boom.
3: That's about right. Yeah 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 and you know um, i i got responsibilities and stuff like you know at home
2: i forget about those things things i gotta help with so so do you take the girls to school or do oh you know what i'm gonna rewind i'm gonna Uh, rewind what i just said because i know they're homeschooled but like usually when people say you know early i gotta take care like things at home it's always like okay who takes the kids to school but i know you're kids like go to school
3: at, at I used to do that when my kids, my my daughter went to public school in Miami, I would take her Ross. That was crazy, man. Like, I don't think the traffic in Chicago compares to how bad it is in Miami because we lived in the like near suburbs of Miami, but we lived like maybe four miles away from this school. And it was an hour or more round trip because of traffic. Right. And because there's canals everywhere that kind of, you can't like take a direct route usually. But what what's car shopping been like for you? Are you doing this now tomorrow morning as well? No, no, so no. no Is you're just, dreading having, having to do this late? Okay. It was just oh, it's today. just been a long day for you. I got it Yes. Okay. The
2: day in and of itself has been like long end to end. But no, it, it's been fine. Like I'm not,
3: there's some people who fear car shopping, right? They there's also people that into- love it. And this is true of houses too, that they yeah. would this is like a, a sport to them.
2: Yeah. That's kind so of how it is. it is for me. Okay. So like I'm not afraid of I think it's it's the dealer that gets people, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get shaken down. But it's just like if you're prepared, if you know what the market is, if you know, you know how long a car's been on the market, if you know, you know, has the price of the car dropped, you go in there and say, Hey man, like this is this is what my out the door price needs to be. Don't and then go through your itemized um, breakdown of what the car is going to be and like take out all the fees that they like to add on there like you're fine. But most people get
3: scared when they do that because of
2: fear of what the dealer might
3: say. I wouldn't I wouldn't say scared in my case, but I'm I'm in that category because I just I don't want to do it. I am not a killer in those situations ah you gotta crack down man you gotta you you might think that that i would be a lot of things in my personality would line up to make a hundred percent but i'm not i am absolutely not a killer you know what would have helped you with that
2: had you imagined that every dealer you've ever talked to was Matt Nagy, stocking, you'd have the best car
3: <laughs> every time because it's the every same thing. Because it's, it's yes, because cut, it's cutting through the BS either way.
2: Yes, I've seen you undress Matt Nagy publicly for damn near a decade, and while I'm he was suspicious, if he was like, trying
3: to sell me a Chevy, he'd probably end up winning. He'd probably you know, nah,
1: nah you'd my be dad, like, hey, uh,
2: nah, I'm not going.
1: My, my dad understood, like, when we went and got our first cars, me and my brothers, we were still relatively young. Uh, and he said, all right, I'm going to make it easy for you. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go in there. You're going to do all the things. just going to listen. You're going to be like, oh, okay. And once they give you the final price, it's like, ah, that's too much. I'm going to go head out. And then that's it. There's no feelings involved or nothing. You say, like, oh, I, 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 I'm going to go head out. They did all that work trying to mm-hmm. sell you this car. Mm-hmm. And when you say, ah, that's too much, then they'll be like, wait, 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 this is, what, this is what I can do. And that's what you want. And that's what you want. That's how you get them. And you're like, ah, I, I, I'm going to go look at somewhere else after they've done all that work. And then you keep it simple. There's no like, eh, well, he's ah, oh, man, that's too much. Uh, that's way outside my mm-hmm. price range.
3: I'm going to head out. And then there you go. That's why you keep it simple, Jay. That's what my wife did. That's what Ashley did when we – I've only one time bought a car from a dealership. All the other times I've bought used cars from somebody – sometimes people I know whatever but we bought one new car when we were in Miami and I'm not a killer but my wife is in that scenario and she went in like there with a, in that house is. she went in there we' were buying a new car and a minivan and I, the minivans are like expensive yes and because they know y'all coming in there yeah and you need and, it and you'll hear you know while we're on minivans like You'll meet all kinds of people. You two will. And Tone, you'll soon be falling mm-hmm. for this, probably. Mm-hmm. So that'll be like, actually, you know, minivans are pretty cool. Only minivan owners will say that. And I, they aren't. There's nothing cool about a, a minivan. At all. At all. It's useful. I'll give you that. It's very useful, but it is not cool. Not at all. Like, you know, those floss pick things are useful, but they're not cool. Yeah, I You're mean, Walking it, around, it, it, flossing your teeth on people. It depends so, how you play it. I, in prime
1: college, before I had a car, I, how was I getting there? Minivan. That did no, not deter no that no, any any potential clients.
2: <sighs> did you have a mattress
3: in the back or something? <laughs> no, so, no, ain't
2: ain't nothing sexy about a minivan, bro.
1: Agree. It, it's, it's all how you play it, man? Hey, it was like no, you, it's not. You got to take gonna- the bus. I get to the crib and wherever <laughs> okay. I want to go. Okay,
2: how, it is how, better how than the bus. the bus. Yeah, okay, that's oh, a low, low hey, you bar. See this, you see all this room
1: in the back here? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: Look who's not walking. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I got a DVD player in the back, film me. Oh, it's at the mood. Rush Less Hour 2. Me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Turn on
2: Rush <laughs> Hour 2 in the back. I got, I, got a, I got
1: a story about that. I want something this this is I know uh, what God is looking out because I have made some really dumb mistakes when in my college life that okay. he shielded As me from As and prevented me from so i went somewhere late at night uh nor i wasn't supposed to go uh over this girl's uh apartment and uh i went there and her mom was there and she was staying there i'm like oh well you know what's gonna happen so she's like oh i'll come out i had the minivan at the time you know your boy put on a movie you know she brought some snacks and blankets it was real nice right the battery <laughs> goes out the battery goes out. And I can't go up there. Her mom's in it. I mean, you so, could. So I, I could. But come on now. This is this is young. This is straight out of high school. I get you know. it. I get it. I get I <laughs> so <laughs> so guess, uh, guess what? And this was winter. So guess what happened? I can call my parents and, and, and tell them I was, I was stuck at, at some girl's uh, parking lot in, a, in an apartment complex. So guess what? Your boy had to spend the night in the cold no heat in a minivan and wait and I had to call my cousin till he got off the overnight shift at walmart to come give me a jump boy he laughed at me so bad he was like what are you doing <laughs> you know you weren't supposed to be here and i was like this this has got to be god telling me I, you know you're not supposed to be here and I, I had never done anything like that ever again after
2: that. Uh, when russ is done i have like eight follow follow-up questions go ahead I, I don't, it's like you added the, like you're sleeping in the cold. There ain't no way in hell I'm going to do that, Tony. I'm going to that that girl's house. Like, hey, I was just here to visit Veronica, you know, Jessica, <laughs> Sharon, whatever her name was. Um, but now my car, I was going to go head home. My car died. Can I stay here in the warmth so I don't freeze to death? It's very innocent, honestly, mm-hmm. Tony. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm but, I'm, calling me, my, mom I'm calling my I'm calling my parents.
0: Going.
3: I'm calling my parents and dealing with whatever yes. fallout comes from that <laughs> rather than spend a night as a homeless person. What are you doing? That's here? fair. That's fair. That's fair.
1: But hey, I'm I was 20, just turned 20 or something like that. Your boy was
3: not thinking straight. Bro, you're 20. Like what are the, what are your parents you going to do to you? What punishment are you going to get that's worse than you have to sleep in your car for a night? Hey, that that pride hit you. Like, that'd be a good that. punishment to come up with. You know <laughs> what you're going to do for this? You're going to sleep outside in your car in wintertime. They wouldn't even come up with something that's sadistic.
0: You did yeah, that to yourself. I, I think I, they call that
3: you played yourself. That's fair. That's yeah, a thousand percent fair. You do your now. parents know about it now?
1: No. Okay. <laughs>
3: and we know they don't listen to this, so they'll never no. find out. That's, that's
1: between me and Alart and, and my cousin and our thousands thousands of
3: listeners now Um, of the stories of the
2: stories that's between you and the lord i don't think that's the one to keep between y'all two. i think there are worse ones that i was preparing myself for it's funny
1: it was funny that's that's the extent of me me acting out that's that's probably the worst of
3: it jason how many stories okay go ahead ahead. no i just the part i'm appalled by is that not that you went to this girl's house but that you you chose sleeping outside over just calling your parents and like dealing with them being mad at you you were 20. They can't take Pride the Xbox away when you're 20.
2: Pride and fear. I'm going to girl's and house fear. I'm telling you that right now. Well we know we know. No don't say it like that. The, the Toad said the girl's for us, mama was there. Russ
3: would be like oh your mom's home too all right. <laughs> <laughs> talking
2: about two for yeah. one? No we get it we get it we know. No I just don't I I think it's of the wild things that a, a mom who has a daughter and a young man sniffing around could see, she'd be like, "Oh, baby, don't worry about that. Yeah, come, don't freeze out there." Like, it, I really, I pro- but maybe the lady like, the lady wouldn't wasn't like that. Um, I was gonna ask, how many stories do you have, Jason, that you you haven't told your parents
3: about that you still feel like you can't? <laughs> My parents listen to this.
2: So. so do mine.
3: <laughs> I will politely decline your question, my friend. My parents uh,
2: have learned a lot of things about me on this podcast. Probably Yeah, I, and I, yeah I think that's and,
3: very foolish of you. And, like, I don't no, know no, no, why no. you're doing that. But, but,
2: no, but here's the thing. 95% I'm, not, of it, I'm not playing that game. But no, I'm going to sleep in my car it, instead. 95% of it is y'all fault. Really? Well, that's true. But that's true. Tone, you make rust sex jokes literally every podcast for the last well, four years.
3: We've only been on for two years, but you've done or, four years worth of those comments in two years. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. And you have to, Jason. Don't put it all on him. You be in there, too. You <laughs> oh, just did I, it. Hey, oh, I'm yes. just Russ, the, we know
3: you would have gone in the house. I, I'm just the... I'm the straight man in this equation. Nah, I, I'm nah. just the host. You be all your bullshit, too. I, I'm Ernie Johnson. No. No, nah, you're guilty.
2: You and Tone, guilty. But honestly, I'm at a point in my life, man. I'm just... I, Because there's a lot of people who just feel like, I can't... My, my parents don't... I don't want them to know this part man
1: i'm grown i most i would say most stuff that i've been able to mostly everything in my life probably like 98 97 of the stuff that dumb stuff that i've done in my life my parents already know about is this the rest of that percentage that's that's gonna stay
3: you an alert. lord what well, nobody tells lord. you when you're a kid no one tells you when you're a kid like hey these horrible things you do they're gonna be hilarious at a family get together when you're like thirty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in you, the can moment, dro- you don't worry. Thirty years from now, you can drop all these stories at Christmas dinner, and everybody's mm-hmm. gonna think it's hilarious. So yeah, all right. So
2: then, so if you answered it that way, Jason, I'll ask you this one as the follow up: How, what age were you when you were no longer afraid of uh, what your parents would say to
3: you? Um, what
2: was that? Said, this is a
1: good question.
3: I'm going to say 19 and that Mm -hmm. in hindsight sounds late to me, but like not in the community through 18. I was still living at home every day.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: After that, I was only living at home in the summer. My first summer home from college would be the answer because then I was like, you know, I'll just go back to college if I don't like the rules here. Tone. probably like
1: 22
3: Yeah, What year is going to be, Russ, like seven?
2: No. I mean, I, I was, I've was i always been really respectful of my parents, but it's just like I think I was like you, Jason. That I was 19. And I told the story on the pod before where I was out the first summer I was back from college, and I was out to like 3 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Came home, and my mom was up, right? And she's like, "Don't you yeah, come in this house and you know <laughs> not tell nobody where you are." Blah 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 blah. And we just had that that real talk where I'm like, "Hey, man," and I and I'm paraphrasing. I said, "Mom, look, I I've never given you a reason to be concerned about what I was doing or put myself or other people in harm's way, and like you've trusted me for a reason. But you have to trust me, and I've been at school away without you f- for like." 8 months and this is like I like I'm I'm going to have to be on my own in this city and I I apologize for not reaching out and telling you what time I was coming home but like we got to have we have to that's where we had to figure out our boundary as parent re reestablish the the boundary as parent and uh child at that point because it goes from parent to child to parent to child who is now an adult and so it's, a, it was a, it's an interesting situation. And until you go through it, you're, you're always going to have that weird, well, you're living in my house, which is true. Like, I'd have, it was never different, to respectful or anything. But it was kind of just like, after that, we never had any issues. And my parents do trust me.
3: And I think that plays a big part in it too. I think my parents, I think some of my parents were still trying to parent me. Past that age, but it just—it became a thing of like, I'm—I don't live here nine months out of the year, and once these four years are up, I'm not going to be living here. And if I don't like how things are going here, I'll just go back to school whenever I feel like it. You know, I don't—I don't, I don't need to be there like the day before it starts. I can go back a month before it starts if I want. Like that was the—that was I felt like the total liberation. And with all that freedom, there were a lot of bad choices that first Mm -hmm. year but I felt like there were I felt like that was all those were my bad choices those were my bad decisions and I dealt with the I had to live the consequences of those bad decisions and learned a lot from that and year two made pretty good decisions
1: And I I think there's some ownership,
3: there's some ownership with all of that that comes with that, that, that comes with all that, that you don't get when you're obeying just to follow rules. And I could apply that to a lot of things. I think there's a lot of things. That's why one of the reasons why I didn't want to go to a Christian school, even though I am a Christian. And I believe in a lot of those values, most of those values, I think, depending on the school, I bet there'd be a lot of overlap in those circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, of what I how I think I should live and how they would want you to live but I don't want somebody telling me that I have to I don't want somebody legislating that making these rules that I have to follow or I'm going to get kicked out I need to choose that or not choose that on my own
1: Pastor I think that's the the interesting part about being a, a, a parent is you set these boundaries and you establish these rules but and then ultimately it is up to that child to decide if they if they are going to abide by those rules uh and once you have released the return on investment right where your your child is respectful where your child is uh uh you know caring and love and once you get that back like i got to imagine like that feels like awesome for a parents like i have raised a decent human being where i don't have to watch them i don't have they can take care of themselves. Like the return when you see it uh has gotta be a a great, great feeling.
3: That period though, from like, at least in my parenting experience now, my daughter, my oldest is twelve, so I only know up to that. But I would say starting at about seven was when these kids, you know, were where it starts to become a challenge where they don't just do what you tell them to do. And they want to have Debates and arguments and pushback and all that, and it is tough. And I'm I'm I've got six more years till I hit this range, but like I would imagine that that seven years old to eighteen years old period is very difficult because just this last five years has been very difficult as a parent to say how do we give you enough freedom to learn for yourself, but also keep in mind that you're a little kid and there are certain guardrails we have to have in place. So you don't make like really, really stupid decisions. And I think the older you get, I'm going to guess the harder that is as a parent. Once the kid gets into like, you know, high school or middle school even.
2: Yeah. And I I think the like what me and my mom had to go through. There is a point in your life where you want to have you really just want to say unfiltered. Yo, I'm an adult and I want to be treated like an adult. Yeah.
3: But but you that have that points say- like when
2: you're 13, I think. There's now, some of that but, when you're that age. Well, yeah, but, but like the, the point where I was at where it's like, all right, I've been an adult this whole time. And I need mean, I, I'm treated like an adult literally everywhere else in life. And I want to be treated as adult here in my home, even though I'm living under your roof. And I think I don't think that's an unfair ask at that age I was at or at that age you were at where we both felt like that's where we were ready. Um but I think it's a conversation you have to have at some point. And I think it's, it's, you have to do it in a way that's obviously respectful. Sometimes some people have that conversation. It's not as respectful. And I feel like I, mine was as respectful as it could be under the circumstances because my mom was giving me that energy. And as much as I wanted to give her that energy back, I just had to just come out there and just say, well, I, I've been an adult everywhere else in life, ma. anywhere I go outside of your roof, I'm treating it as an adult. I just want to be treated as an adult here. And we, we worked it out, but like, I I just think every kid and I use kid in as a general term for every person who has a parent at some point, you feel like, okay, this is when this conversation needs to happen.
3: Yeah. In a way, I feel like now at 39 though, I'm still, I'm now like kind of willfully choosing to, try to honor my parents like there are still a lot of ways where I do feel like a kid even though I know that I'm not this is hard, this is a very difficult age for me to fathom that I'm this old that I'm 39 almost that I'd be 40 next year but I still feel a lot of ways like the power dynamic to me a lot of times feels like a kid and not in the sense that my parents are like intrusive or anything that like that. But I still think all the time, like, am I making my parents happy? Am I, are my parents going to be proud of this? Are my parents going to be pleased with that? And I make my own decisions and I have since I was probably like 21 or 22, my parents, I would say 22, my parents really stopped. They've let me live Freely, however, I want, and they have not tried to tell me what to do. They have not been overly intrusive parents, like I hear about a lot of people have. And I think that when you're not forcing that, and this is like the lesson I need to learn, Russ. This is hard to take this and now put it into practice as an active parent with yeah. little kids in the house. But I think like because they haven't forced it, now I have come to them over the last however many years, the last several, the last two decades. Uh, like willingly and wanting to please them and wanting to have a good relationship with them. But you never know what it's going to be. Like you, nobody tells you what the answer is. And I, I tell my kids all the time. I tell my 12 year old and my nine year old all the time, like we're doing your mom and I, we're doing the best we can. Yeah. We, we spend all this time talking about how to parent you when you're not even around. Like, this is what we sit up in our bed talking about after you go to sleep is how to do a better job of this. And we will still send you out the door with plenty of things to talk to a therapist about when you're 35. <laughs> oh.
2: For sure.
3: Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure. Coming to you live from Westfield, Indiana. If you've never heard of that town, neither had I until very recently. But the Bears are doing joint practices with the Colts in Westfield, Indiana. It's the north suburbs of Indianapolis. Russ... My co-host, Russ Dorsey, back in Chicago on the lakefront. Tony, where are you at? Are you at your house or your your in-laws? in-laws. Or? Okay, Tony's at his in-laws' house. Tony Gill, the littest producer in the game. Tony Gill, the littest producer, by the way. I love the Steph Curry shirt today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Looking good. Uh, brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Tony Gill, as always, is presented by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com, and get 23% off everything. And you could get the sheet set, silky smooth, 100% eucalyptus. That's perfect for the for the hot weather for summertime. It's supposed to be really hot next week, I think, uh, like over a lot of the country. Or you could even you know go on there and get the flannels. It's a it's a eucalyptus cotton hybrid. You got fall coming up. I don't think you're gonna want that quite yet, but you no. might want it like next month. It's very possible you might want that in September, depending on where you live. I went on my run this morning. 59 degrees. Yeah. The other. Yeah. It's, the other it's day, on the way. The other day I went outside and it felt like fall. I was not happy. I don't like that. I know a lot of people are excited about that. I know you're a winter person. Yes. Um, I Most people I would say are excited about it. I, I, I like cling to, I'm just like hanging on to the hot weather and trying to see if it'll last all the way to the end of September. But either way, there's a sheet set for you over at Sheets and Giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A and save 23%. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this deal if you use promo code ADJACENT1000. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back up to $1,000 in free future betting credits if you don't win. So you'll either win, that'd be great, I hope you do, or you'll get the reimbursement in future betting credits for whatever amount you bet, and you can try again. Uh, You can bet on... Baseball, You can bet on football preseason games. The NFL regular season is coming up next month. You can bet on all kinds of things over at BetMGM. Just use our promo code, Adjacent1000, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I hear you, man. I'm not trying to make more work for you. But he is. Tony's <laughs> glaring at me like, he. Know, yeah, Tony does not like what I just said.
2: I feel him, but I also like yeah, usually after that that first one, we kind of just roll from the ad read into the into something, and then we do the break. It's fine. It's fine. We'll edit it. Out.
3: He, right now, you can see. Look at his face. Now nah, he tried. He he would pull up on you if you weren't he's, in Vienna. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Nah, and he's he not. Might. He's not verbally doing he's it. He's right never
2: now, made though. this face though.
3: Like so. No, I, he, he has. No, he has. No, this is what he does. This is what. Hey, he does. Jason, I don't appreciate. You. No, he he's, he would not do that. You, it's, you don't you don't think going to do it till they do it. He, no, I know if you were mad enough, you probably would. I, I would expect it. Tony, Tony wouldn't. Tony, Tony would not do that. So I'll pop on him. He wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, <laughs> he, what he what he'd do though is, the, and I, there's times where it's like you wish he would because what he'll do when he's upset with me. This is all going to be in the show, right? So we got to tell you. Okay. We were trying to keep going after the ad read and Tony hit pause on our recording Mm -hmm. because he is trying, and I understand this. He is trying to save himself time in the post editing process Mm -hmm. by cutting the, by not having our little breaks. We have these, we, you know, we kind of get into whatever, when we have a break in between segments and Tony doesn't want to have to edit that out later. And But you've never done that before. And so you hit pause and we all didn't know what was happening. As I was trying to talk about the guy on my flight taking his shoes off and just sitting there rubbing his socks up against the seat. And then Russ could have talked about there was a barefoot person right next to him. Barefoot
2: lady on a (laughs) six-hour flight back from Seattle to New York.
3: Yikes, dog. I know why people want to do that. I, I, I would love to take my shoes off too. I do when I get home. But you're not at your home. You know, this is not the place for that. That
1: is a fine line because it's like, what if she just had barely flip flops on, like the thong sandals? Her foot is basically out anyway.
2: So here's the here's the thing, Tone. Mm. So. so I I have the story. And we didn't talk about it, and I, I'm surprised I didn't show you guys. So she walked onto the plane, Tone, bare feet. Oh yeah, that's that's wild. How? That's, How? What do you mean? How, dog? She didn't have shoes on. You think she walks through the whole airport barefoot? I hope not, brother. I hope not.
3: That it was. Ew. It was one. It was. It was probably the nastiest thing I've seen on an airport. I don't think I walk anywhere that isn't on my property barefoot, <laughs> including in the home. No, 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 no. On my property, I will go barefoot. Anywhere outside of that plot of land. That I own, I'm not walking barefoot. No, you shouldn't. I'm not you walking shouldn't. barefoot into someone else, into my neighbor's yard. I'm not walking barefoot at Target. I'm not walking barefoot on the plane. I don't even yeah. get how that happens,
2: Doug. It was it was wild behavior, and, and like it was one of those things where I'm gonna get classes real quick. I was just like, yo, take that back to coach. Like, don't do this shit in first class. But <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, maybe she had the opposite idea. Maybe it was like, because I paid for this, I have yeah, the right sure. to do this. Right. Cause
2: here's my, if she had if because like some some flights in first class, you have the little cocoon where you have like your own little section. If you want to take your shoes off there, cool. Like I I've done that before where you have the little thing, place where you can put your feet, cool. But when you're just in the the two-seater and you're sitting next to somebody, how dare you? Put your bare ass, sticky ass feet that stuck to the wall in front of her for damn near the entirety of that six hour flight from Seattle. It was nasty.
3: See, that becomes another thing too. Like I understand the point you're making, Tony, about what's the difference between barefoot and wearing a thong sandal. But like you start (laughs) rubbing your you start rubbing your feet on like non-floor surfaces. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh.
2: But here's the yeah. dog. You know how many people walk in the airport on a daily basis? Yeah. How many mm-hmm. germs? People bringing their nasty ass pets on the plane, too dogs, now? right? Yeah. Dogs pissing and, and people <laughs> people pissing probably. Or and you walk in that throughout That's the day. That's not a joke. I saw a dog no, I'm take, that serious. A, I saw
3: a dog take a giant dump in the middle of the Fort Lauderdale airport. No. I saw it. We need to ban.
2: Maybe I'll die. Pets on planes. We do. Too, this is the great segment. Fly. You were. This is. Yeah, Tony, you try to end this. <laughs> this
3: Anto's was the amazing defense. segment that America almost missed out on Anto's because Tony Anto's was Tony was mad. In Tony's defense,
2: Anto. they just added these
3: features. Mm-hmm. That wasn't always there. always there. You know. Yeah, that was, okay. Not always there. All right, but you have to stop like doing unexpected things in the middle of our show and not telling us that you're going to do that. And like, of course, we're going to be surprised when you do something like that. And we've got no warning about it. Had it not been our opening segment,
2: it would have been fine. Like when you do it from now on in the moments, it'll be perfect. Like I get it, but there it was the, yeah.
3: Well, but one of the things that uh, makes, uh, well, go ahead, tone. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I almost fell. So, So he's really mad at me. But he yes! won't say it, but he won't say it. And so, I almost, I almost wish he would just unload on me for this because I know that's what's boiling behind that smile. So but he won't, he won't, he won't. He's cause he's so like non-confrontational. I don't know. And this is the thing I was trying to get at with you a few weeks ago. Is like, are you non-confrontational in life? Uh, which yeah, probably. a lot of people are, or is it like just with me? Like you just don't want to upset me or you don't want to get into it with me no no i mean i'm,
1: I'm non-confrontational but my, my thing was is like what I, I end up splitting that segment anyway right like it is this kind of i know and i always tell you not to type thing i always, I always tell you we like, want to
3: start we want to start the, we want to start the show with the long I mean, it's, one we go a long segment especially
1: especially this one though like usually it's like 15 minutes you give it a little room there but that first segment, that first segment that we did today was kind of a super long boy and it's like <laughs> I mean, we gotta split that up guys like we, we can't do the super long voice I, I, love the the long unprof-
3: boy. I love the unprofessionalism of this show in that like <laughs> As opposed to like T V where it's like A block, B block, whatever, we're doing we had a long A block. We had super Well we don't yeah, we call it the long boy. That's our terminology. We've like (laughs) we've made up our own terminology that's wildly unprofessional.
2: Yo, we got the the long boy, we got the flannel boy when we're trying to sell sheets.
3: (laughs) But the way that I know he's mad at me in, in general, not just in this situation, in many others. Mm-hmm. is he will just like kind of it's almost it's this face that i don't even think i can do tone where you're like it's like a glaring smile mm-hmm. it's like his <laughs> the bottom half of his face is smiling russ but mm-hmm. the eyes are not <laughs> the eyes the eyes want to give me some straightening
2: I, I just think one of these days tones is gonna be like you know i just i've had enough of
3: your shit Nah, never. I don't. I don't think he will. No, I really never. don't think he will. Right, that's, that, people get popped, that's, he that's people get popped on. He loves me. He loves me. A lot of people that love people how, get popped
2: on. How I
1: how I how I deal with anger is I just stuff I it. Try down. I out so it <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: what you do, uh, man. Is, that's I,
1: I, I might be right. That's well, what you know what? But you know what? Like people think that, but it's like I I always forget. Like it never. It's never there longer than. 30 minutes because I I forget. You can ask my wife. We get into it and within 30 minutes I'm asking her does she need some water or does she need something else or what do you want to watch or what do you want to eat because I legitimately and I thank God that I have this ability I legitimately forget and I move on.
2: This is That's a great quality to have, Tone, because I'm a i may I need a conclusion to this. like i need us and 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 like i like not in like i want a confrontation but like yo i'm not gonna pretend i wasn't just mad 15 minutes ago Mm. like i love you and i care about you but i was upset or you were upset and i don't want you upset anymore so in order for us to continue and not be on this well i'm gonna walk on eggshells like can we please resolve this and end it so we can go about our day i pretend like it never happened
3: I guess as long as you're okay with it, it, it you know it works for me you. like it's fine
1: because in the grand scheme of things like once I have that like few minutes I'm like in the end what does it really matter you know like for real like unless I legitimately hurt somebody then I, it'll stick with me right like if I'm in definitely in, in the wrong that'll stick with me but if it's like eh you know it's like in the grand scheme of things I love this person. I like this person or like, ah, eh, maybe i say, sorry. I don't, I'm not gonna really see this person again. Like I'll come up with an excuse to kind of like, let it go.
3: Now you can go to break.
2: <laughs> and I was like, yeah, y'all mm-hmm. better get back on y'all schedule. Like schedule huh? <laughs> you know that, you know, I
1: told uh, Stephanie, I, I, I cracked that smile. Cause I, there was a bud, uh, Commercial that came on the radio the other day, and I was like, mm hmm. Yeah, I was like, you know, you know what I'm you know, i gonna like the most when they gotta wake up at 6 30, and it's still dark outside, yeah, and there's no semblance of hope because the sun ain't out, so knowing mean, that they gotta go back in the building
2: told you for that.
1: eight hours plus if they got extracurriculars, Why do and then like they come them? home and it's dark.
2: Mm. Yes, yes, you know what's insane. Kids are up so early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Bro, like, you're in school (laughs) at 7.30. Yeah, nobody
1: brain, nobody's brain, let alone a child, is ready to receive Dog, You want me me to be
2: in algebra class at first period at Mm 8.15? Dog, you catch me at 8.15 now, don't talk to me. I will (laughs) pop on you.
3: If I have to get up there early, I can't even, like, walk straight from my Bedroom to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'd be all like school, stumbling around through the house. All schools should start at 10. But
1: it, you know what's funny? School is not even built for what's best learning wise for the child. It's really not. It's really a daycare
3: so the parents get off get off of work.
1: That's all There's it some is.
3: there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. I mean, you do if, want if, kids to learn how to read and everything, but but it is but public school but public schools, you're right. They they have big classes and it is not possible the way that system is set up to like educate each of those 30 kids in the class mm-hmm. the way that they need to be. And instead, you're probably going to focus almost all of your effort on the five kids that are the most behind or don't yeah. know how to read, that's going to be like your main emphasis every day, not the other 25 or the 10, 5 to 10 that are way ahead. So you're right. There's there's some merit to what you're saying. Somebody needs to just redo the whole thing.
2: That's not going to happen, buddy. I'm going to tell
1: you that right now. Yeah, to we're in that's pretty deep for that. Yeah. To learn how to be more efficient and better on how to do this education thing.
3: Why don't you why don't you branch out our company into a department of that while you're doing medical? You know you're you're turning sports adjacent, not just to do a podcast mm-hmm. company, but now we have a medical offshoot. We mm-hmm. can have an education offshoot. We could have uh, mm-hmm. we could do steaks. Yeah, we could do like Omaha steaks. Just make sure burgers. Like, I don't
2: want the what's happening in the medical department to switch over to the meat department.
3: Pause. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right no, I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I follow. Why why do you take so much joy in the kids having to trudge back to school? I, it makes me sad. And I can't believe by the way. I was just talking to Dion Miller about this, our friend of the show Dion Miller. We were she was out here in Indiana. Dion is out here. She's doing a lot of things. She just
1: went on, you know, vacation with the kids and
3: went, went and to celebrate her May. anniversary.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dion,
2: friend of the show.
3: Okay. And we me and Dion both can't believe how early the kids go to school. Like the kids in our district, I think they went back to school yesterday, August fifteenth. Yeah. And Dion's kids go back to school. I want to say this coming Monday, in CPS. And like I thought, we started like September first. I don't know what happened where these kids have to go to school so early. Like they lose so much of their summer. Calendar summer doesn't even start till June twenty first. I think. So like these kids are getting like these kids are getting like six weeks. Of summer, And I see these kids walking down to catch the ball, like wearing their big, heavy backpacks first thing in the morning. And I think that's horrible. But you're sitting there like laughing and rubbing your palms together, Tone.
1: Why do you want to see
3: these kids do this? Because they weren't
1: doing that when they got out of school and I had to go to work. Okay. they want to be like they, so if they you have to be
3: miserable and be somewhere then you want everyone I gotta anymore. go to you work
2: sound like those people like oh, we mm-hmm. have to pay our student loan so you have to pay yours you
3: do <laughs> you do sound like that that's, true. that's yeah. what you sound like so. nailed it <laughs> that's funny <laughs> But no, I, uh, I mean, Tony's I, just walking uh, around the streets of Chicago, like wi- walking up to little kids and whispering in their ear, but it's coming boy. up." Yeah, <laughs> get on the <your> schedule.
2: Tony's <laughs> mm-hmm. like the boogeyman.
3: Of yes, <laughs> yes.
2: You gotta get back on your schedule.
3: <laughs> yeah, kids looking up. Like, ah! whatever's, <laughs> whatever's the nearest, you know, whatever's the nearest school, he's just gonna take a folding chair out there and some popcorn mm. and just be laughing at them. Like, ah,
1: yes congratulations you have to go to school. school I get to sit here
3: all day
2: you know what's <laughs> crazy about work the whole, calls. whole thing like there are times where I do like kind of sort of a little bit miss school because I think there was a time in your life where it's like oh man like no I didn't want to wake up this early and no I don't give a fuck about this algebra homework but like there were things that you would learn in school like man I didn't know that I learned something new today and then I know when I got to college and you get like that, where it's like, oh man, I'm actually doing things that I wanna do, like towards my career, things that you didn't know. Um, or just like the the fun part of school. Like if you could just take the fun part of school and boil it down, that was cool. Like you 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 miss those times. But most of the school is busy work, like Tone was talking about, daycare type stuff. Pat, moving cattle. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I don't. I, my kids are kind of like what you're describing, where like they really love learning. I don't really remember feeling like that. I remember like lunch was cool, gym class was cool, the periods in between the classes were cool. So I don't remember walking around being like I learned something today. This so is cool.
2: I I, I don't know. I, like, so here's my thing. I was. Oh, a, I read a book today. That's fun. All right, I'm a nerd out real quick. So I was an AP uh, government kid and I was in like like AP Honor Spanish. So mm. it's like, those are-
3: <laughs> No, no, that, no, that means something. <laughs> that means something, Tom. No,
0: I'm
2: so glad Tom did that, because that's how it came off. <laughs> <laughs> but like, those classes, those two classes, were, like, really fun. Like, though they were the ones I enjoyed. Obviously, like, I learned something in the AP, like, I got credit for school, uh for college, but also, like, I, like, with the Spanish one, it's something that I could actively use. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, I feel you, because, like, I hated math and all that stuff, but, like, there were times where I'm like, man, this was actually kind of solid. That choir,
3: mm-hmm. art, what was the least cool thing you were in in school? Oh, I was on the mock trial team and I can tell you that is not very cool. <laughs> no, that's when kids pop on you. Um, <laughs> the but I least cool thing I was in. I was on the I'll, I'll let you think for a minute. I was on the mock trial team for like two or three years. And I was on the school newspaper, which uh, not not that's that's not where everyone hangs out. Uh I was on this cross country team one year.
2: Ah, you're yeah, that guy. That's Man, a the, weird that's a weird group. I
3: Those did it for the exercise. Teams. And then you get out there and you find out like I could just do this at home. All they're doing yeah. is just running through a park. Yes. Oh, you Jason, you was already you already
1: had the uh uh the shorty shorts uh already. You already the Hoochie Daddy. You, you, the, the Hoochie Daddies. Yeah, the Hoochie yeah. Daddy. He was already familiar. Yeah. We well, have to explain it to Stockton's. you. You know
2: what you know what they were. I uh, I think the the least like non cool thing I did was I gave tours in college. I was a student ambassador, oh, okay.
3: and like for his like that's kind of funny in hindsight that I gave tours of the school. You were a school ambassador, and that I don't think you would take that position now. Oh, for sure. I, I, I think one of
2: the thing the reasons I did it is like it, it gave you like prestige with admin um Mm -hmm. it gave me an excuse to be out of class sometimes uh you can check out the uh the talent the incoming talent don't do that song uh (laughs) but yes um (laughs) right but no i i I, you know i i have always had this personality and so like it works very well when you're um giving tours and being engaging and you know having fun with those groups that would come in and then like they do these things called college weekend where you'd have Thousand a thousand kids come to the the school for the weekend, and I like get paid really good money to like give tours and stuff like that.
1: I was part of National Honor
2: Society. That's that was about it. That's good.
3: <laughs> I think that's good.
1: <laughs> I think that was about because I didn't I didn't do that Once I transferred uh, high schools. I didn't really do that much. I just you know played basketball, played football, then National Honor Society, and I went home.
3: That was pretty much all I ever wanted to do with school, too. I I didn't have, like, this, like, like you said, Russ, this love of learning. I just wanted to, like, get done with it. Isn't that weird
1: that you don't really, like, uh, I can speak similarly where I didn't really want to learn stuff or, like, had the urge to learn things
3: until after I got out of school? Like, should that say something about school in general? Well, college is going to present you with those opportunities because college, you have so much more freedom of selection of what classes you want to take, what you want to major in. College was a little bit different, but high school was, and everything before that was just kind of like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Now we can in the segment.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, here's a, a post edit uh, on the upcoming segment that we did on michael orr's allegation that uh his adopted family the Tuies, uh took advantage of him made money off him uh we dive into that uh and all the things that he is alleging but an article came out today from the ap that says uh devastated Tuies ready to end conservatorship for michael orr their lawyer says so a prominent uh, Memphis couple with a long-standing relationship to former NFL player Michael Orr want to end a conservatorship that he's challenging in court, their lawyer says. Sean and Leanne Tui intend to enter into a consent order to end the conservatorship. So we just wanted to put that out there. Thank you guys for checking out this uh, episode of the podcast. Peace.
2: All right, guys. Um, The biggest story in sports this week is probably uh, Michael Orr, former uh, offensive tackle in the NFL played for the Ravens for a long time and Carolina Panthers uh, and famously uh, this the the subject of the biopic the blind side well he is suing or he's suing his family the two who uh, took him in When he was a a teenager uh, before he went to Ole Miss, uh, and is suing them for uh, making him believe that they were adopting him, which many of us believe that he was, and said they they instead placed him in a conservatorship, similar to what we talked about with, you know, Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, And it's, it's wild because they, you know, the twoies then, you know, from. This documentation that he's filing said that they they took handled all of his, you know, business dealings. So everything that happened with The Blind Side, the movie, all that, that a movie that grossed three hundred million dollars globally. He saw zero dollars for, according to him. Uh, The Tui's received two hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece up front, including the kids. And then there was also a $200,000 donation made to Leanne Tui's uh, foundation. The petition said that uh, Or made no money off the film uh, and he would after he completed his college career uh, and it wouldn't have affected his NCAA uh, eligibility as well. Uh, he said he didn't recall signing the agreement for his uh, rights to his life story to be given away. Uh, and that the document document has a signature that appears to be his, but nobody ever presented him with a document uh, explaining what it actually was. And so it, it's wild because this was such a, a story of, You know this family who took this kid in and i know that and he always said like the the movie made him seem like he was you know slow or or not smart or anything like
3: that or lazy yeah and he felt felt like that hurt him uh that nfl teams kind of like factored that into their evaluations and that he they
2: know they kind of taught him how to play football when he was a five-star recruit when they you know found him um but did give him a place to say etc uh and it's wild because, like, you, you hear this and it and it's so sad because it was something that seemed so harmless. And Now you look at it and say, "Man, this was a this really could be a case of a family, not just one person." I think that's what's bothered me so much in hearing this that this could be a family taking advantage of a young person's emotions, a young person's desire to feel loved by a family uh their talent uh, their talent but like their desire to to want that family environment um for a family that was already well off by the way and yeah. so it is uh a wild story to hear this now they've come back and said that this is some 15 million dollars shakedown uh by Michael Orr. Um, And that none of these things that he's uh, alleging are true. But uh, now it's it's crazy.
3: Nobody wins here, man. Like the fact that they're at this Mm -hmm. point means everybody's lost. Like there is losing and maybe they reconcile it or something. But like this isn't this is terrible that it has arrived here. I think that if I had to guess where this all starts, it's the fact that they have tried to what would be the word for it they have tried to get exposure and have been willing participants in getting exposure for the thing that they did and who know only the people involved really know like what it was like in that house so i don't want to guess on things like that but when you do when you adopt that is an unbelievably selfless thing to do with your life and then to promote that as a story or play a part in promoting that as a story is unbelievably selfish and like this is not something you do for attention and for people to think you're a good person and to like hold yourself up like this and they can say well you know Michael Lewis wrote the book and Sony or whoever made the movie like you've you've played a part in all of this and I could imagine and it is just imagining I don't know but I can imagine that is the root of a lot of the disconnect between Michael Oer or and the uh family that took him in is he has seen them publicize this story for their own benefit. Uh I mean it's what's funny is
1: the one of the hot ha- I guess the the high points in the movie is him being hmm. under investigation by the NCAA yeah. uh, for this very thing, yeah. Right? That hey, some would say that this white family wanted to take advantage of this talented, uh, underprivileged black young man uh, to sway him to go to a school that they are partner with or for uh, connected with or boosted for um and or benefit from this person's talent. Um and again this when, when you when money is involved, especially this much money, you know, is involved. Um I guess it's easy to be like, oh, he's gonna go to the NFL. He doesn't need this money. Mm-hmm. That's that man's life. <laughs> you know, like yeah you know you opened up your home but like for jason's point like you don't do it for the financial gain or when you accept somebody and make them a part of your family um that is a supposed to be a selfless act that you do with not expecting something in return you do it to grow your family to grow to share love with somebody else that wasn't receiving it um at that point it's kind of messed up that it's come to this uh but i mean it, it felt about right once all the you know once he came out with this and we're gonna see what the courts have to say um because this isn't a you know a criminal act this is just you know this kind of financially trying to benefit from somebody else's life and that's that's just crazy that's just, you don't know what could have been right like he could have told his story right and then you were would have been a part of it. They, you have to be a part of it, right? But you know, because of the money grab and the cash grab, and it's just how money can cloud judgment and all that.
3: Yeah, I bet. I bet things were good. I bet things were good at uh, the point where they brought him in to be part of their family. I don't know that, but I would bet they were. I would bet there was a lot of love on both sides, and to see it deteriorate to this, and I just think like, how is it not a fact? It has to be a factor in this that they have. Gotten so much fame and publicity. Yeah. The reason we know these people's names is because yeah. of this, and that just that, that isn't that probably isn't why they did it, but it kind of became over time part of why they had done it. Like they, why
2: they they were the ones that sold the, the rights to
3: Sony to make the movie. This is that's some that's like something you should never probably get rich off. I sold doing this kid's something right. like yeah. this. right yeah, and so like whether. They tricked him, whether they lied to him, whether he didn't know what was going on, whether he uh, he kind of did. And now he whatever are the reasons that and now he's like kind of lamenting that he didn't do something about it. Like whatever are the reasons that they got to this point are are really sad. It's really sad that something that started the way it did is now here.
2: Yeah. And I think when when it first came out earlier in the week, like I was kind of just like. If if I thought, okay, if they took it if this happened when he was. At 18 like the movie, in a
3: few months. Yeah,
2: and, and the movie came out in 09 during his rookie year mm-hmm. for the Ravens, right? Like, I always believe that, I didn't know what age this, you know, everything kind of happened at. And according to him, he didn't find out that any of these things had happened until February of this year. And my one of my concerns when I heard it was, did they have access to his football money too? Because in a conservatorship, like yeah. what what happens? Is, like this is a guy that made thirty six million dollars in his career and had a solid career in the NFL, and to think that that money also got siphoned away is like this could this could be even more sad if we find out that that was the case.
3: The saddest part of all of it to me is that this was at one point a, a family, yeah, including Michael Orr. And I don't know a lot of families that sue each other and come back from that. Russ, let's do the news. All right. Do you guys watch uh, Stranger Things on Netflix? The first season. No. I have never seen it, but I know that it's very popular. And there was an interesting Stranger Things related scam that I read about this week. Uh, you would think people would stop getting scammed like this at all after Manti Teo, after the Tinder Tinder swindler Tinder swindler. Right. You would think that this would like Shout everybody out to Peter Peter hurt. Peter hurt. You would think <laughs> you would think people would be Onto to these types of things now. But a woman in Kentucky named Michaela, she did not give her last name in this interview, uh, says that she was scammed out of $10,000 by someone impersonating Stranger Things star Dacre Montgomery. Apparently, he plays a character named Billy Hargrove on the show who is very handsome. They chatted for a year online, during which the imposter of... Dacre Montgomery, said that his real-life girlfriend, this model, I forget her name now, uh, had control of all of his bank accounts and was not letting him access any of his money. You know, Totally believable for a big movie TV star that he would somehow not be able to access all of his money through an agent or a financial guy, something. I I bet Brad Pitt right now can't access all of his money. I bet all these movie stars just, you know, this lady bought it, though. So, Michaela sent him cash app payments, cryptocurrency, gift cards totaling $10,000. This imposter eventually, it gets a little darker. This imposter eventually gives her the ultimatum of it's either me or your husband. She's married. I should have mentioned that up front. And Michaela leaves her husband over this. And she says, in hindsight, things weren't very good anyway. And, yeah, and you were prob- looking for Oh, That's probably yeah, yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It's probably true. What <laughs> <about all> now?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Now that he left. In the uh, interview that she did about this on YouTube, uh, she said, quote, she was suspicious from the get-go. Yeah, right. But not suspicious enough, I would say. Tone, do you know what prosciutto is? Is that bacon? Very, very good. Close enough. It's like Italian ham. Yeah, you are in the ballpark on that. Very good. All right. Uh, a woman is suing Eataly, the uh, the restaurant. I think they have one of those in Chicago. Uh, this was an incident that happened at the one in Boston. She is suing Eataly after she slipped on a piece of prosciutto on the floor at their restaurant. Alice Cohen from New Hampshire broke her left ankle last Damn. October, Ooh. slipping on this piece of Italian ham. And... Uh, Filed the lawsuit Friday of last week, suing Italy for fifty thousand dollars to, That's cover,
2: it. That's to it. cover. That's dollars
3: well, cover. it's to cover seventy five hundred in medical expenses and then you know damages on top of that. So, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Do you have a question? I was gonna say we talked on last week's pod
2: about you know how the craziness to your life when you get hurt as an uh, like an adult.
3: Oh, that was the first thing I mm-hmm. thought of, Russ right
2: like and, and like it's not but this story isn't as cool or like
3: man I was going up
2: for this rebound and came down wrong this is you know, I was at I was at italy and per, uh, slipped on a piece of prosciutto de parma and now <laughs> I, I don't have i don't have an ankle my yeah. ankle disintegrated
3: but if she has kids you got to give her the 50,000 cuz it's been a hard year i'm sure oh yeah I, I, she she's about to Ain't nobody up. eating oh, nobody's
1: on. eating in the house pick pick picking meat up off the floor come on now what are we doing out here
3: well the lawsuit claims that, and obviously that would have been a fellow diner that would have spilled that. I'm yeah, sorry. somebody just else. Go mm-hmm. Throwing prosciutto on the floor at Eataly. But uh, the lawsuit claims that Eataly was negligent by not keeping a clean floor. That's fair. That's the basis of the lawsuit. And Starbucks better watch out if that if that holds up. If this lady wins, Starbucks better watch out. Because the next time that I go into a Starbucks that's clean, sit down at a table there that's clean, we'll be the first time. <laughs>
1: Let's go. Take one for the team, Jay.
2: Jason sound pissed. <laughs> Just wipe down
3: a table. I Starbucks, like, Starbucks is the place where I most often, by the way, run into this communication gap between my generation, between my age and the like twenty year olds. And you, you guys aren't, you guys aren't in this category. You guys aren't in this age group. But there is like this age group of like maybe. Fifteen to 22-year-olds, I'm going to guess, that, like, don't know how to interact with people in real life. That's fair. That, like, they can take your whole order at Starbucks, mess it up, make a new one for you, give it back to you, all without saying a single word to you out loud. Mm-hmm. hmm
1: It's weird. I don't know what's wrong with these kids. It's they, really they got weird. no manners. They don't understand customer service. This is, this is probably the worst customer service generation of all time.
3: It is
2: unbelievable.
3: You uh, one this, of the things. This,
2: maybe this is ahead, the Rose. first generation of like, fuck this job. Like, when, who really believed it? I think people have been saying that. Nobody asked years. you to
3: work there. I think it's the first generation of. I don't. All my interactions take place online that or by too, text, too. and so I don't know how to do it when I go out of the house. That's my theory. I have this mad kind of bald guy yelling at me. About his order. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I yell, I don't yell at anybody. I don't yell at anybody. I Just almost did. Right. I almost did yesterday, though, because you can place a mobile order. Yeah. And so I placed a mobile order. I get there. The plastic cup is there with nothing in it. And it has the sticker on it. That says it's in the pickup area. It has my name on it. It has my order on it, my iced tea. But the cup is empty. It probably means they're out of tea, <laughs> would be my guess. So I don't know. So I, I pick it up. And... I say hi to the barista. Is it baristo if it's yeah. a man? I don't know. No. The, the, man, the man making coffee back there. He was like 20 years old. And I said, hi. And he just kind of looks up from making something at me and then goes back to what he's doing. Nothing. Like, okay. As far as he's concerned, that's the end of our interaction. <laughs> and I'm like holding the empty cup. And I finally was like, I was like very exaggeratedly like waving to him. I was like, hi. Hello. How are you? Hi.
2: No, see you 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 you're doing nah, Jason. You got to be like, "Hey,
3: excuse me. Um, here's my hmm. empty cup. Wow, uh, what's going on here?"
2: It was far too kind. And while I'm a fan of that, it didn't get the, you got to ch- cut the fat off that. Excuse me. Cuz "Excuse me" is is polite enough, but it gets the attention like they hear the sternness in your voice. "Excuse me, there was nothing in my cup."
3: So like maybe they'll maybe it'll feel to them like one of their parents is speaking to them and they're like, "Oh, yeah." Oh, I have to answer. That's right.
2: You said, hey, hi, hello. They're just like, dude, shut the fuck up. I got orders to me.
3: I was like, Are you guys are you guys out of green tea? And he looks back to where the tea is and then just looks at me. Yeah, see, I, that would have been that. I'm with you
2: now. Come <laughs> I'm, on, buddy. With you now. I'm with like, you.
3: I feel like if I was working at even a job that I hated, and I and someone came back to me and they're like, My uh my order is wrong or like flagrantly wrong, or there's literally nothing in this clear cup, you could see it. I'd at least be like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. No, the look back. The start of my sentence would is, be sorry about that. And the, then tell the look it, like, hey, we wild. are out of green tea. What can I do to make this happy? You know, right for you?
2: Because I, now I'm mad. Like, bro, you have to use your words here. This is the interaction that requires words. I'm with you. See, I wasn't I wasn't on your side to start this. Now nah, I am now. I am now.
3: I don't want to keep going about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get mad too. That'll still be at Starbucks tomorrow. Like, I go there. That's how it goes. Yeah. Finally, Russ. So, you buy... I know you're a very uh, healthy eater, healthy person, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you buy a lot of produce, a lot of fruits and vegetables. Do you ever find something in your produce, like in an apple or in a bag of spinach that shouldn't be there like a bug or something like that? No, sir. Never, really? Because this happens. I feel like this happens from time to time. In fact, just recently, I had a bag of kale... That I'd bought at the store and I opened it and there was a bug in there. It was dead. I I forget what it was, but it was a small bug. And it was like, hey, these are plants. There's going to occasionally be a bug. I I still kept the bag and ate it. And over the course of the next couple days and whatever, I think if I bit into an apple and there was a worm in it, I'd be out on the whole app. I wouldn't just like eat around it. I think I'd be out. But um, Amber Warwick is a woman in Southfield, Michigan. This is suburban Detroit. She found a frog in her carton of spinach this week. And it was still alive. This was a live frog. She said, quote, it was alive and moving. Just thank God I didn't eat the frog. Uh, she had bought this at Meyer in the Detroit area and returned it to the store, got a refund, and the employees released the frog into the wild. Now, actually, the, uh, the Michigan Department of Agriculture is a little bit concerned about this because this is a Pacific tree frog that's native to California. So this would now, if it found some way to proliferate, although maybe it's the only one in Detroit, be an invasive species. She said, I did not want the frog to die, but I didn't want him in my food, quote. Uh, Taylor Farms, the company that makes this uh, th- these greens, that sells these greens, said that uh, they were sorry and they promised to continue delivering, quote, the finest, freshest quality vegetables. Uh, I'd say these ones were a little bit too fresh, probably. Um, Amber Warwick said that it says on the package triple washed, but I didn't believe that. I don't believe that because if it was washed, they would have seen that frog. And that's a fair that's point. Fair. Yeah, I feel like if you rinse something, there wouldn't still be a frog attached to it. Um, All of this was uh, covered in a segment on Fox 2 in Detroit, and Amber refused to be on camera at any point during this segment because she did not want to be known going forward as the frog lady. Also fair.
2: I feel, yeah, I feel that. I think that's that's smart. That's a super
3: aware person. I don't know how old she is. She is super aware very smart because you know that would have become a meme i can't believe there was a frog in there or something and then that would have been the thing you use every time like you know you can't believe that the bulls drafted the wrong guy or whatever then there'd be the the frog right yeah that's the news
2: all right all right well uh guys it's been a fun episode uh That man on the bottom of the screen there, Tony Gill. He is presented by Sheets and Giggles. Go to Sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off your next purchase uh, by using promo code SPORTS. That is promo code SPORTS. The sheet set is soft, smooth, 100% eucalyptus sheets. It is a game changer in your bed. They also have duvets, duvet covers. Uh, The flannel boys, if you want flannel sheets, as the fall is fastly approaching Make sure you go to SheetsGiggles.com forward slash SA promo code sports and get yourself some nice sheets. We're also brought to you by BetMGM. Get the BetMGM app. And if you place a bet with BetMGM, you can get your money back up to $1,000 if you don't win by using promo code adjacent1000. That is adjacent1000. Football season is fastly approaching just a couple weeks away from week one. So you want to place bets on Justin Fields, Futures bets on who's going to be the MVP. You can do all of that at BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Tone,
3: anything for the fine folk? Go.
1: Time to get back on schedule. Tone, what's
3: <laughs> going to be what's going to be your new bet? Your your bets have always been uh, your Bulls, White Sox have always been like you know, just bet the other team, bet anti Reinsdorf. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is your what is your bet going to be for football season?
1: Uh, Bears to the Super Bowl.
3: Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Even with Matt Eberflus as their coach, who you hate, despite Matt Eberflus (laughs) as their coach. Okay. (laughs) Think I went in spite of him. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save all of these and play them in a montage for whenever you know whether it's this year, next year, three years from now, whenever they win the division, go like thirteen and four, and Tony loves the guy. We're gonna play all of these. And then he's gonna pretend he didn't. I don't know who that was. That was AI. Yeah. Tony wanted that guy
2: fired six days into the job. Yes, same day, actually. When he said, oh, no hand
1: clap, fire. Don't speak any of a fire right now. Get out of here, man. All right,
2: we will catch everybody
1: next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
2: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother